Hello and welcome to the El Monitor podcast, reading the Middle East with Gilles Kepel, where each month we take a deep dive with authors and thought leaders who are shaping the way we think about this complex and dynamic region. I'm your host, Gilles Kepel, and today we are recording from the library of Institut du Monde Arabe, the Institute of the Arab World in Paris, which has in display one of the biggest collections of uh, modern Arab literature in, in Europe. And I have a very special guest, Amos Gitai, uh, the world-famous Israeli-French filmmaker whose documentaries and feature films on the Middle East, on the Arab-Israeli conflict and the Holocaust memory in Europe were entered most than 10 times over the last two decades in the most prestigious festivals, the Cannes Film Festival for the Palme d'Or, as well as the Venice International Film Festival with the Leone Dore Award. And uh, your lifetime's work was also celebrated by the Leopard of Honor in the Locano Film Festival. Dear Amos Gitai, Welcome on Reading the Middle East. It's a great honor to host you here at the Institut du Monde Arabe on El Monitor. Everybody knows you as a very famous filmmaker, but not everybody is aware that you were trained as an architect. Uh, you got your PhD uh, in architecture from Berkeley, California, and your father, Munio van Rob, was also a very famous architect. He was trained in Germany with the Bauhaus, and he fled Nazi Germany to Israel in 1933. As you know, we are here in a landmark building. Uh, the Institut du Monde Arabe was designed by architect Jean Nouvel, whom I had the pleasure to host a couple of months ago. Your mother, dear Amos Gitai, Ephratia Gitai, was a non-religious scholar with an expertise on biblical text. And we see here at the Institut du Monde Arabe a text of the Geniza manuscripts that were discovered in Cairo. You grew up in the 1960s as part of the anti-establishment youth movements of that time. And then you faced the violence of the war in October 1973, where you survived a very serious wound. Could you explain to us how those influences of your intellectual heritage, your early radical commitments, and your war experience combined into the artistic world you created with its optimistic worldview against all odds in a region ripe with traumas and hatred? Would you say that your work paved the way culturally for the attempts at political reconciliation that, among others, the Abraham Accords illustrated of late? I mean, obviously, it's a very long, uh, complex uh, question, but I'll start with the beginning, Gilles, what you asked. So I was born in Haifa, which is by itself a very low-key city. It's not the eternal capital of all these uh, monotheistic religions, which, uh, although it's called Jerusalem, which Hebrew means uh, Yerushalayim, the city of peace, it had never had peace. It was always divided and a big scene of battles and conflicts between communities. And it's still staying fidel to its uh, heritage, you know, unfortunately. 
north in Tel Aviv, which is a purely Israeli city, but Haifa is a multicultural city where some of the Palestinian population in didn't uh, leave the city in 48. So the, there is a presence, a, a quotidian presence in the daily life. And I think that we'll speak about it later. Peace is constructed by the quotidian. If we wait for the almighty politicians who will resolve it, we'll wait a long time. But if there is a human contact uh, which doesn't have a racist overtones, uh, Let's say, just to, to give a little episode, when I do a film, I go to do a checkup in a hospital for the insurance. Comes the head of the hospital in Haifa, uh, which is called Bashar Karkabi. He's a Palestinian guy. And I said, uh, Professor Karkabi, you don't have to come down. He says, but uh, we don't want to lose you. you know? So there is uh, some sort of human day-to-day uh, -day, uh, friendship and respect. So this is the, let's say, the place I was born. Then you mentioned that uh, I was shot. I was, uh, in 1973, already was a student of architecture. I was supposed to follow the footsteps of my father that we mentioned uh, early on. Uh, but in the war, I was sent to do rescue work to get people who were burning in the tanks, bring them to hospitals, and on the fifth day of that war, which is the 11th of October, which is also my birthday, the helicopter, the, the sauvetage that I was in was uh, shot down by a Syrian missile. Uh, my co-pilot, which was the distance like between us, was uh, decapitated. And so uh, little by little after coming out from this incident, I decided that uh, architecture is too formal exercise to speak about this burning Middle East, and I started to do films. It took time, but all these elements, I think that now retroactively when I analyze them, uh, they contribute to what I think and what I want to express in cinema, more, more recently in, in uh, exhibitions and theater and so on. So how can the arts, create the dialogue with the real, without being demagogue, without being indoctrinary, but still m to make us uh, think. That's the, I would say that's the beginning of my work. We are here, as you know, at the Institut du Monde Arabe, the Paris Institute of the Arab World. And uh, it just held in the fall and winter of 2021-22, a very well attended exhibition devoted to the Jews of the Orient uh, after two others, respectively uh, an exhibition on the Muslim pilgrimage to Mecca and another one about the Christians of the Arab world. Nevertheless, this uh, exhibition on the Jews of the Orient was heavily criticized by some intellectuals and militants belonging to the boycott, disinvestment and sanctions against Israel movement. What's your take on that? And how would you say your own work contributes to the search for peace between Israel and the Arabs? On what grounds and with which conditions? Oh, it's, it's a complicated and obviously delicate uh, questions, you know. Uh, I think that since you spoke about the Bible, let's take the Bible back for a minute. It's, it's, a, it's a long tradition of uh, putting in the old, in the, uh, old text 
that you are authorized to criticize power. The, the almighty uh, King David, the most celebrated king, is accused by the biblical writer, he or she, that he was immoral. And the prophet Nathan goes to him and put it on the record that he desired uh, Betsabe, Bacheva, and he sent her husband to Uriah to be killed in the war. So it means that the, uh, it was very important for them to inscribe for the future DNA that you are authorized to criticize power. The, the, these texts are not a public relation text, but they are questions about ethics. When I, I do criticism, which is always uh, also criticized by others who don't like me to do criticism, who think that culture is some sort of a sweetie, kitsch uh, uh, celebration. I said that uh, the culture is a critical uh, instrument, and in a way the best artists uh, worldwide are those who had critical to the place, to the culture. Not because they hated it, but on the contrary, because they loved it, because they wanted to preserve it, and so on. And so my attitude to all this uh, region is that I think we need to be critical, but not hostile. Not hostile. If we enter the, the, the circuit of hostility, we could cut our roots. So I'm for dialogue. I'm not for starting to label uh, people. And if the Institut de Monde Arabe wants to show the great heritage and the great culture of uh, Jews in the Orient, which started essentially in a significant way from the exile from uh, Spain in the 15th century, uh, in, in Morocco, in all the Maghreb country, also early on it was in Iraq. Iraq is even a much longer story. Yemen is a long story. So, so I think that it's a worthwhile gesture to create dialogue. And if we react in a bit of Pavlovian may way, that each time there is something like that we say, we have to boycott it, I'm not sure it's uh, productive. I think we should take the challenge. We obviously can discuss, we can obviously be critical and we should keep the the weapon of uh, not wanting to speak to people who really deserve it. There are people in the region, in all sides, which deserve uh, to be attacked uh, uh, and, and criticized severely. But uh, I think that culture is there to be, uh, to create dialogue. I'm saying it, Gilles, uh, freely because I, nobody uh, until now asked to, to boycott my films. Not, uh, and, and it's because I also refused the positions which was offered to me sometimes to be the, the, the holder of the drapeau of my country and to be the official representative. I don't want to be an official representative. I want to be a thinker. I want to be free to say what I think. I think, like you mentioned, Sometimes it's constructive. I want to build bridges. I did projects with at the time with Palestinian uh, actors and directors. I worked with Abbas Kirastami, uh, Iranian director. And I think that in this uh, sea of hatred and hostility, we have to build, maybe as an architect, like you say, we have to build a bridge. We have to refuse the hermetic borders because the hermetic borders call for the next war. And if we really don't want conflicts and war, we have to keep a dialogue, even with a misunderstanding. It is uh, or, or disagreement. It's disagreements are legitimate. We are not obliged to to be uniform, but we have to to keep the uh, 
communication open. You know, I, I, I did a theatrical piece, which I invite you to see. It's uh, called uh, A Letter to My Friend in Gaza, in the middle of the recent conflict, uh, which is uh, uh, played by two Palestinian actors, by two Israelis. And it is inspired by the text of Albert Camus, that in 1943 wrote my letter to my German friend. 1943, the war is still on, and Camus, Albert Camus, wants to, to outline what are the possible dialogue beyond the conflict. And I think this is the, the, the work of culture. The work of culture is to look beyond the current, not to, to incite it even more, but to look for roads to beyond the conflict, not to accept to be uh, the, the uh, political propagandist uh, in a simplistic way, to, to stay critical, but to try to search for modes of dialogue by including, let's say in the last films, uh, Arab and Hebrew next to each other to make it uh, voisinage, by trying to find a way uh, in which culture can serve to break some of these uh, holdups. So, uh, I think this was also the subject of what we discussed earlier on, of our last piece, uh, Interior Exile, that I'm sure we, you will ask me about it. Yeah. In, uh, in the 1980s, some of your films, such as House, on the construction of a house in West Jerusalem, which was banned in uh, uh, Israel, or Field Diary, uh, led to such antagonism with the political authorities of your country that you decided to move to Paris. And later you became a French citizen, before to go back to the Holy Land in 1993. How do you navigate this new relationship between the southern and eastern shores of the Mediterranean and Europe, which is now home to tens of millions of citizens and residents from the Arab world as well as of a significant Jewish population, particularly in France with a strong Sephardic community coming mostly from North Africa, as you mentioned. Is it a source of inspiration also for your artistic work? Do you see it to some extent as a mirror image of what you so vividly portrayed in the interaction between Israelis and Palestinians? Oh, to, to go back to, to the first part of the question, so when I finished my PhD in Berkeley, uh, we're talking about 1979-1980, and I was offered to be an assistant professor, and I saw the perspective of being only an academic. Uh, I said, let's, let's do something else and take risks, you know, which is, in a way, my character. I went back to Israel, and I did this film that you made reference, House. House is a very calm film, taking one house, it's a documentary, in Jerusalem, in West Jerusalem, which was owned until 1948 by a Palestinian gynecologist, uh, uh, Mahmoud Dajani. And in, after the Dir Yassin massacre, him and his family escaped the house. And uh, uh, later on, the Israeli government settled in this house uh, 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 Tubul family from uh, Colombishar, from Algeria, Jewish family. And then when I was shooting the film in 1980, more than 40 years ago, uh, this is considered to be my first film, 
the, the uh, 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 Israeli very celebrated economist got this house. He moved the Algerian Jews to Ashelem, to mass public housing, and he decided to make it a villa. In order to make a villa, he had to bring Palestinians from the refugee camps next to Hebron and stone from the mountains next to Yatta. So uh, the film is in a way a microcosmos, a metaphor in which each one come and tell his piece of history of the house. Uh, the film was uh, immediately blocked, forbidden to be broadcast in the Israeli television. Uh, I was accused in, in doing it in order to sell it to the Palestinians. The film was still in black and white at that time, the Israeli television broadcast in black and white. And when you are accused of this kind of ridiculous accusation, I said, yes, I offered it to the Palestinians, but they don't buy films in black and white. You know? So, so uh, and it was a very uh, strong attack. And I think that the attack was not just because of uh, the, the multi-layered and complicated story of this piece of land, which is until now the same case, but because also the Palestinian workers, they speak in a very sophisticated, poetic manner, and the very celebrated Israeli economist is very, I have to say, primitive. So it kind of broke the preconception that we, the Israelis, are very sophisticated and the other way around. So, so um, to make, like you said, to make things worse, I did another film, Wadi, in, uh, in my uh, hometown, Haifa. And then in 1982, exactly uh, 40 years ago, during the first Lebanon war, I did a film called the Journal de Campagne or Field Diary. After that film, uh, it was suggested to me that enough is enough, and I couldn't find uh, work in Israel. But uh, I, d I decided not to play the role of the poor, uh, maybe some people say talented director sitting in a cafe and everybody pointing at him uh, and, and uh, to, to collect uh, sympathy. But I said I did what I think was, was important to do, which is to, to make people understand that there is attachment to, this, uh, to the same piece of land by these two groups of people and they will have to find ways to reconcile. And this is the message of this trilogy. So. Since there was no work, I came here, you know. At the beginning, I, I didn't have work here. Uh, the, actually, my first films were financed by the British, by Channel 4 and the British Film Institute, and uh, later on also by, by France. And uh, uh, that, that was the beginning of my arrival to here, and then I discovered what, what you said, the, the multi-ethnicity of uh, Paris, which I love. I think it's great. So I th now we are next to near to election what what's the big fuss you know the the modernity is about groups of people living next to each other and they have to find a modus vivendi of living together and the big urban centers whether it's paris or london which is run by a muslim uh, mayor or, or berlin or or the big uh, or new york are always more moderate because it's, ex again, what we started to speak, is by the quotidian experience. So we cannot just put labels uh, calling to uh, exit everybody who is not like us and so on. Uh, the entire humanity, 
which is also the subject of a big exhibition we just need now in Florence, is about displacement. All the humanity is displaced by wars, refugees, economic pressures, urbanism, whatever. And, and uh, if they don't want permanent wars, they have to find a way to, to coexist, to, to deal with each other. And even Israel is, a, is by, by this definition, it's a completely modern country. It's composed of Jews. Rescapé uh, came from Europe after the Shoah, who had to build a new, a new life because they were ejected by Europe by, by uh, uh, Sephardic Jews coming from the Maghreb after the rise of Arab nationalism and the exodus of the Jews from uh, North Africa, and Palestinians who are displaced by Israelis. So it is a complete composite society that has to find new, new identities, new manners of uh, talking to each other, otherwise a uh, permanent war, which is not a great experience. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Hagedorn, and I'm the State Department correspondent at El Monitor. And I'm Joe Snell. I'm El Monitor's video editor. Let's admit it, this past year has been difficult to stay on top of the news and sift through what's accurate and what's misleading. Let El Monitor help you. If you like this podcast and care about the Middle East and North Africa, you should consider listening to El Monitor's other audio series on the Middle East with Andrew Parasolidi and Amberin Zaman, and on Israel with Ben Caspi. You can subscribe to these series on your favorite podcast platforms. And through a host of free daily and weekly newsletters, we offer a range of perspectives with the highest journalistic standards. You can subscribe to these newsletters at almonitor.com. As an award-winning media service headquartered in Washington, D.C., Almonitor has a network of over 160 contributors around the world. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to visit almonitor.com, where you can find all of these newsletters and podcasts, along with first-class reporting and analysis. Well, talking about displacement, let's come to your most recent play, which is called Exile Intérieur, Internal Exiles in English, and it does not really do justice to the complex significance of the, of the French uh, title. It just started in Florence, Italy, and it will soon open in London. It is a play, a theater, based on letters which are written by uh, writers in exile or writers in confinement, such as Gramsci, Hermann Hesse, Thomas Mann, Rosa Luxemburg, among others, and also excerpts from a speech by Albert Camus, whom you mentioned previously. It has just received a very enthusiastic review by uh, the leading Italian uh, daily La Repubblica, also by El Corriere della Sera. And uh, could you tell us more about it and uh, explain to our viewers how and why you decided to bring to the stage for the spectators of today that 20th century literary material? No, but, uh, Gilles, as I mentioned, I'm only formed as an architect. I never even uh, studied one hour uh, cinema in a film school. Uh, so I feel very free. I feel very free. I did substantial amount of work in films. Now they count uh, 25 feature films. Uh, you mentioned it earlier on. And uh, so I feel that I sometimes like to navigate through different forms. 
And about three years ago, I started to look, because we started to enter this uh, COVID uh, confinement, to look for other form of confinement, of, uh, in a way, political confinement, in which authors were under this dilemma. Do we express our opinion and take the risks? We spoke about myself, but uh, this is not about me, it's about uh, Thomas Mann, etc. Or do we conform with the political situation, we put our hand down and we just go with it? And uh, so I wanted to make homage to different authors in the three languages, in the uh, uh, two great actors of the Schaubühne play the dialogue between Thomas Mann and Hermann Hesse, in which Hermann Hesse suggests to Thomas Mann, he says, you're a great writer, you just got the Nobel Prize. Okay, so he's Hitler, but don't get disarrayed this, this by this event. You know, should keep writing and ignore the political circumstances. And Thomas Mann does the opposite. He he uh, he uh, expresses himself against uh, the Nazis. And when he is attacked in 1936, he's already he left Germany in 33, and he went to Zurich. And when in 1936 he is attacked by the editor of uh, Neue Zürcher Zeitung to be the source of the decadence Jewish influence on German culture, he decides to answer. And he uh, explains why uh, he's against anti-Semitism. And the consequences that immediately they cancel his citizenship, they take his house. He's very unhappy because he's in a small uh, hotel in Zurich where the bed is falling down from the bed. And he's longing for the beautiful house in Munich with the orchard tree and so on. But he takes it. And he doesn't have yet a visa to America because America, before Pearl Harbor, didn't enter the war. So he's kind of apathy, but he assumes it. It is also a dialogue with a, a great text of uh, Gramsci when he's the letters from a prison. And we chose the letters which are more intimate, not uh, very political charged. Uh, so it's the individual in front of the mass. It's also corresponding to something that I like to do in films. You know, when I do Kadosh, it's a group of people in context of religion, which is mostly a masculine ideology. The three monotheistic religions celebrate men. And so it's, a, in a way, a feminist film. Uh, Kippur is a small group of uh, seven guys stuck in a war. So it's always the, the way that the individual destiny is smashed by the macro events of history. And so th this piece is also accompanied by uh, 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 Nathalie Desseau, who does beautiful songs, and also by three great musicians, a violinist, uh, 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 pianist, and an accordionist. And so it is a kind of a very minimalist, but a gesture about letters of people. And now, by the way, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, it's a breaking news. We will also do a performance in Paris uh, based on my film House. This will start uh, next year with the same idea to raise issues. Because the way that I like uh, to do films or performance is not as a... Uh, militant, simplistic works, but to to uh, to increase uh, thinking, interpretation. I like my public to work as an interpreter, not as a consumer. So, the, it's a uh, fragmented pieces always, 
of letters, of pieces of music, some, some videos, not too much. And it makes you meditate, and then you yourself transpose it into the contemporary situation. Dear Amos, thank you very much for being uh, my guest on uh, Reading the Middle East uh, with uh, Gilles Kepel, featured on El Monitor. Uh, we are going to listen uh, as a special present to the uh, El Monitor viewers uh, to a small excerpt of your last uh, uh, theater play, uh, Exils Intérieurs, with uh, Nathalie Dessay singing on a beautiful poem by uh, Charles Baudelaire, Invitation au voyage, Invitation to travel, music by Henri Duparc, a French musician of the 19th century, and on the background, video images of Nazi's burning book in Germany. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. I will be back in a few weeks with another of the top authors and thought leaders and artists in the, the Middle East and North Africa. In the meantime, if you have not done so already, please sign up for Reading in the Middle East and El Monitor's other podcasts on the Middle East with Andrew Parasiditi and Amberin Zaman and on Israel with Ben Kaspit on your favorite podcast platform.